Welcome back to Brand Beats. Uh, my name is Erwin Hines. My name is Eric Atwell underscore. Follow me. I'm Arthur. I haven't been on the podcast in a while. Pretty stoked. Welcome. Today we're going to, we actually had like students in our office today and we kind of gave them a little office tour as well as talk to them about the industry. And it got us talking internally about what made all of us who we are as designers and what got us to basic was the feedback that we received and how we took and internalized that feedback. Yeah. So I think, you know, in my experience, all of the good work that I've ever seen kind of come out of any agency that I've ever been in, uh, is because of collaboration and directly associated with collaboration is giving and getting feedback. Mm -hmm. Well, thinking back to the student thing, I remember just kind of, in speaking about all of our college experiences and, and like the original critique sessions that we used to have, um, being able to take in super, super harsh feedback without taking it to heart was really, really essential. And it was cool because like learning how to take that in and be able to apply that here within like a group setting, it's like super important. Yeah. We gotta be able to like see each other eye to eye and then not take, again, not wear our heart on our sleeves and yeah. yeah, which is, I think, like, part of being a designer is, like, you do wear your heart on your sleeve, yeah. right? But I know, like, for me, and I think we're probably all going to get, like, personal in this episode talking about, like, what we experience individually. But for me, when I went to school, one of the things I oftentimes would always ask people is for their harshest feedback. Yeah. Like, I would never ask people for good feedback, yeah. even from a teacher or from, like, my peers. If they started to say, like, this is really good, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I would say, like, I don't. I yeah. don't really want to hear. I, I don't really want to hear that it's good. Um, I always had that idea that I felt like the harsher the feedback, the better I'm going to get, yeah. the better you're going to be, and that's just been always my perception. Yeah. Always looking for the harshest feedback possible because that kind of puts somebody else in the mind frame that you're ready for it, I guess, mm -hmm. as well as to look a little bit deeper into your work. And for me, from all of that harsh feedback, that's what got me where I am. And, and like coming up to like when we were students, I feel like I went to AI. I'm gonna give them too many shout outs. Erwin went to AI and a couple other people. Um, one thing I really did not like about AI is that they were oftentimes like giving props to everybody for, for whatever reason. Um, I don't know if it was just like the school just trying to like keep a quota of students or whatever but I felt like it was kind of like a like it was kind of a slap in the face to get mediocre pat on the back when you're there to expect and take in like harsh feedback uh, and during school our critique process was you put a bunch of shit on the wall yeah. and everyone kind of like sits in this half circle and then you go one by one and kind of go through it and I have mixed feelings about that because um, for one, I feel like the feedback is never honest and true. Everyone's like a little hesitant to speak their own opinion. Um, but at the same time, I think what it does teach you is like, you're putting your work on the wall. And I think that's the hard part. Like putting your work out there as a young individual, I think is like super important. And whether you get good or bad feedback at that stage in life, like I don't think it really matters. It's more about being vulnerable and putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that also trains you to put stuff out there not looking for praise. Because again, for me, that's always been one of my big things. If you just put stuff out there and you're just looking for praise, then it oftentimes, you, you limit yourself from growth. Absolutely. 
you limit yourself for the growth that you potentially have because then you also start to isolate and silo those people who give you praise and then you show the people who are going to give you praise those are the people who you kind of ask feedback from and then it's just like this circle yeah circle mm, circle <laughs> yeah it's a circle of like positivity which is really good if you're like need that circle of positivity <laughs> but as a creative and as a designer it's not necessarily the best to just have this circle of positivity around if you want to grow you need harsh feedback. Yeah. Well, it's going to be harsh because it's not going to it's not going to be what you want to hear. Yeah. But if you want to become stagnant, it's fine. Then only ask people to praise you. You know. Yeah. I feel like all younger designers or like younger creatives in general, like they're not emotionally or like professionally calloused to kind of take in that like feedback. Yeah. And you need to be you need to have that in order to like survive at like, well at least we're basics at or above. Um, whether it be like a small agency or a large agency to have that kind of level of feedback and, and that type of like emotional response to yeah. harsh feedback. Yeah, and I think like when I first started getting feedback as a creative, because I didn't really start designing until I got into college, right? Um, so the first times I got feedback were in group critiques. And when I first started getting feedback, and I noticed this from even my uh, fellow students or whatever, as soon as somebody gave me feedback, I would like try and justify yeah. the reason why I did something. Right, um, which is good, like you should understand and learn how to defend your work, but at the same time as designers, oftentimes our work has to live without our explanation, yes. right? It's not art, we're not gonna be there to explain it, there's not gonna be a plaque on the wall that talks about like why this is the way it is. Um, just it's, just gonna, it's just gonna be there, right? And so like after I sort of gained that understanding, that's when I would always just ask for harsh feedback. And even in some of my classes, with pre and this is to the complete extreme or the other end, in some of my classes, when I would give a presentation or we had to present our work, I would say, I'm not going to present. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to put it on the wall. And you guys just tell me what you think. That's interesting. Well, you, because it's like well that. you know the brief, like well, yeah, as a class. Like know. They don't know the brief. I knew the brief. So it was like for marketing classes where we had to present like a brand and all of this other stuff. And I was like, I'm not going to present anything. I'm not going to say anything because this brand, if it was a real brand, is actually going to live on its own on a shelf and then you guys are just going to have to make up your mind of what it is so just just do that which is again the other end of the extreme super yeah. defined but yeah i was no, i was i, I was a little extreme but it, the idea for me was like we don't have those plaques we don't have that artist statement we don't have that stuff and oftentimes as designers when somebody does give us feedback we then jump to defend it without even hearing through the whole feedback um, so then like somebody would say something like, I don't think this line is in the right place. Well, I put that line there because X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And you didn't even hear the rest of the feedback. Yeah. And you should have reasoning for every decision yeah. you're making. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think, and I had a very similar experience. I never like said, I only want to, I'm not going to explain it. Like, I didn't take it to the extreme that you did, but I definitely got defensive in college about stuff. And I, I took things personally. And I think, I mean, you kind of touched on it is like, it shouldn't be personal. But I think for younger folks, it's hard to separate, you know, wearing shit on your sleeve and design. Yeah, and maybe, because the reality is it's probably never not gonna be personal, right? Like when you're working on something, you are pouring yourself into it. You're pouring your style, your look, your feel into it, even if you're being inspired by other things. Mm -hmm. So it's just how do you separate those two things? Like how do you, how do you realize that we are not, we do a, we do like applied art, right? We do business art. We are not artists. Yeah, we do objective-driven art. 
um, which means we have to separate ourselves a little bit from from that art even if we even if we're like even if it is of us and it came from us and we're very connected to it we have to figure out how to better like just create that wall create that barrier to create that callus so when people do give you that feedback you realize it is something that came from you and it is like your idea is something that you were like super stoked about but then you have that callus in order to be able to receive that feedback and grow as a creative. What I like to do sometimes too is put myself in the client's perspective. I come from a very service oriented background. Like through high school, I've always been like customer service, customer service, all these like really odd jobs. But when I present my work now, I try to think of, envision myself from the perspective of somebody working from the brand, like Beats. I was like, oh, am I a Beats employee? Cool, how am I defending this work as somebody that represents Beats? And it's, it, was, it was a lot easier for me to defend my work because it was from the brand's perspective. Yeah. And if I couldn't defend my work, then it was probably off-brand and I probably need to rethink some things. So it was like a cool little tactic that I picked up on. Not to say that it works all the time, but... <laughs> like sometimes that might not work for if you're getting internal feedback or even if you're working on like a pet project or a personal mm -hmm. project and you get feedback. Like you can't necessarily always put yourself into the client's mindset, yeah. but I still feel it's necessary and important to step outside of yourself mm -hmm. always. Like, like designers are like selfless. I keep on saying what we are or whatever. Like designers, designers are like selfless artists. Mm -hmm. So we can't be selfish when we're putting stuff out there and just expecting to get the feedback that we want to get. Right, because again, that's not necessarily going to help you grow. It's not going to produce better designs or better creative. It's going to limit uh, the amount of growth. So it's like you have to again. I, I'm probably going to just keep on saying the same thing. Like we just have to step outside of ourselves in order to make sure that we're producing things. Because everything that we're producing, we have to also realize we're producing things with this responsibility of producing it for other people. We're not producing things just so we can look at it and like have fun with it. We're producing things for other people, sometimes and oftentimes for people who aren't designers. And therefore, we have to be responsible enough to realize that it's not about us. It is about the community. It is about what other people think. It is about how they interact with it and how they engage with it. And we should always take all of those points of feedback, even if they're not a designer. We should take all of that feedback in. And then that's what makes us, and that's what makes a good designer a good designer. They can take all of that feedback and process, and process it, it and yeah. then change it and then flex it and then yeah. bring their own style to that feedback and make their design yeah. better. And even a, a good designer can hear opinions from moms, other designers, clients, and kind of wrap everything around it and still interject their personal style and create something very usable and beautiful. And like anytime you put anything in the public, like you should, I think, expect people to hear people's opinions. Like you can't just believe that you you, pr you produce perfection. Yeah. <laughs> None of us make anything that's perfect. And it's not a personal attack either. No. It's literally just like, oh, dude, like I noticed this, like X Y Z, like yeah. whatever, yeah. take it or leave it. I don't really care, but X Y Z, you know. So I'm working on a project that's kind of like wrapping up. So a lot of feedback that I'm getting, a lot of the styles are already implemented in. A lot of like the look and feel is already there. So it, my feedback that I've been getting lately hasn't been really style oriented, as it, but it has been more like uh, technical ramifications. So I think there's something to be said about a designer being educated on what's possible and what's not, and being able to defend it, because 
a lot of the majority of the feedback like within an agency or within well, the, the scope of work that we do is what's what's possible and why what what are we limited to from like a dev perspective or something and it's it's our responsibility to also stay on top of that you know what i'm saying and i was gonna say just so we clarify or clarify we're talking about like two different things right one we're talking about like feedback from the design community and then two arthur has been talking a lot about this idea of feedback from a client and i feel like we've covered a lot about the design community but yeah feedback from a client is very crucial to understand and the fact that oftentimes it's not necessarily even about design mm -hmm. oftentimes it is about the, the majority of the time, actually. The ramifications or technical ramifications or can yeah. this be devved and can this be devved on budget? Mm -hmm. And then as designers, again, just like we have to do with our community and the, within the design community, how do you take that feedback and then process it, turn it around and then present it back with strategy? So that is where the whole defending does come into play because you always have to defend with strategy as opposed to just, just designy stuff. Because we've had that a lot. Like even when we first started getting a lot of client feedback, when we first started doing a lot of digital stuff, we would oftentimes defend stuff with design stuff. And not strategy. And not strategy. Well, you're not. You're, you're or, even, not. or even you would defend it with design strategy. Mm. You would defend it with like, this typeface is like this, or this is like this, and not with business logic. Yeah. Business logic is solid. Like yeah. business strategy is what's really solid. And, and tying that to design is what makes and sells that stuff in. Where if you just say like, this color is this, and this, this typeface is this, and this is this, oftentimes they can just fight back and say like, no. I mean, like color theory probably won't sell your idea through. Like if you're, if you're leveraging your process just based on color theory or you know, font relationships, yeah. like you're probably gonna lose that argument. Yeah. But if you, if you can back it up with strategy. Yeah, it can work if it's based on their business goals, their business strategy, then you talk about user strategy, you talk about all of that stuff and acquisition and how this is gonna change their brand, et cetera. And then you just touch on color theory a little bit. That's how it works. It doesn't just work by going like, red is the color of uh, fury and intensity. And <laughs> which is a very college safe answer. Yeah, exactly. Which is what something that I've learned from college to today is like, that's not how the real world works. You gotta, you gotta actually arm yourself with not only like trend watching and being on top of all of what's popular and what's not, but what, what's also technically feasible. Yeah, no, yeah. I was like, that's getting into another topic of like <laughs> understanding what's going on. Yeah. Understanding how those things kind of will play into your design, having a cultural understanding and understanding how that will influence your design is very important as well. And being able to kind of grapple that with the feedback or understand that as it comes with feedback. Because again, a lot of people will just get super personal and get super like inside themselves and go like, that has nothing to do with my design. But the reality is again, as designers, we're creating things for other people. It's not for us. Other people are gonna see it, interact with it, touch it and feel it. And so we have to create things for them. And I think like a good example of that will be the Pepsi ad. <laughs> well, cause I mean, this, is, this is not design, but it's just uh, creative, not understanding the context or the global context in which this ad is gonna be perceived. They created that ad that kind of was supposed to stand on the back of Black Lives Matter or all these great like protests that are going on, but it completely did it without understanding of the cultures mm -hmm. that it was representing. So it was almost like a cultural appropriation or whatever. Yeah. So again, that's just realizing that as creatives, as people who do marketing stuff, as people who do websites, 
it's we're doing things not for ourselves because that ad whoever the creative director was on it was probably like this is dope and this didn't, is didn't consider this, like the ripple effect yeah afterwards. this is amazing and then to me feedback should eliminate that feedback from a diverse team from different yeah. backgrounds and feedback from people who are going to get you outside of your own bubble should help to mitigate those types of things where you're i mean there's a there's a lot of it's not just the pepsi commercial there's a lot of cases where things kind of like slip through the cracks oh yeah but that one was well so also i'm not defending that commercial i think it was, yeah if somebody defending the I'm pepsi defending. commercial <laughs> i'm not defending it but there was in the 70s during vietnam i think it was the 70s mm -hmm. during vietnam there's one famous like life photo or nat geo photo of a hippie stereotypical quote unquote hippie putting a flower in the gun barrel of, you know, military police. Yeah. And so I feel like that commercial is kind of like based on that photograph, maybe. Um, so, but is like that photograph wasn't, I don't think there's anything negative around that. Like, you know, culturally, I don't think, I think it was widely accepted. So, I mean, how different is a flower in a gun barrel and a Pepsi can in a policeman's hand? Like, like you know? So I think that's where it's understanding the context of what's going on now. Mm -hmm. So if that came out before all of these protests, that ad might have been great. Like, the ad might have been beautiful and it would have been referencing that, where you're exchanging something to bring peace. But instead they injected the Kardashians. Whereas this, whereas like the protests now, you're not exchanging anything. There was, there has been no exchange to bring in peace. So there was no moment like that. In fact, the moment that was supposed to be like that, like there's images of people like walking up to the police and then getting like beat down, right? <laughs> so it's like now that stirs up a different, yeah. it stirs up something different. So I think, again, that's where it's like, this goes to something else we talked about with the students. And this is a little bit off topic of feedback, but we can bring it back. But something else we talk about with the students is this idea, again, of diversity and having a diverse team and being able to, and what a diverse team does, if you listen to your diverse team, is it pulls you outside of yourself and helps you understand different cultural yeah. things, different things that are going on. And again, that does tie back into feedback, which is the whole point of feedback is to pull you outside of yourself, to help you think about things from a different perspective and think about things from this perspective. Get outside your biases. Get outside of your, yeah. what? Biases. Your biases. 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 Uh, to that point, and maybe it's just like completely inappropriate, this is also off topic, but is it, it's probably inappropriate for a corporate company to sell this idea of peace and riots and like ultimately Pepsi is trying to sell product. So to, to dabble in the riot peace kind of thing just seems wildly inappropriate to me. Yeah, we, everyone and I had a talk about that the other day. Or you see these like big global brands just kind of riding the coattails of what's like a hot headline. Yeah. I think there's like a time and place for that. Again, but I think just the overarching idea is having this like responsibility for for choosing what you want to chase after. Yeah. I was like, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother problem. <laughs> that's a good one too, so because we got. Well, to bring it back around, um, we were kind of touching on it earlier. But I think, and this is like a, this is like a really small technicality, um, and it's very like it's like it's not industry tested by any means. But in my opinion, like the difference between a junior and a senior designer is being—it's really kind of sad. But it's being able to separate yourself from the work, and it's like almost like breaking a horse. You know, like you're breaking the thing's kind of spirit almost. 
But in my opinion, the different one of the one of the small differences between a junior and senior person is not being offended by getting feedback. And in my experience, more senior level designers are like way more open to get ripped apart yeah. than juniors, and they're not offended by it. Yeah, but I yeah I agree with that. And I feel like that was a and that should be an industry norm. But I feel like in places I've been, things I've seen, mm -hmm. I'm not like an old man, but. <laughs> It seems like that's sort of going away. It seems like we don't have that as much. Like yeah. you don't have these layers defined, yeah, you get like these layers of politics and you have, again, another thing we were just talking about, which is like, what are roles now? Because people just have these positions and they're mm -hmm. just promoted or whatever. And sometimes it's not with that foundation. It's not with the foundation of understanding that the work is not me. Yes, I did the work, but it's not all of me. I don't have to get super offended. Even if you do get like hurt, you should still be able to take the stuff in. Cause it's not like if I present something, it's not like if somebody says something bad, it's not like I'm just like, well, fuck it. Like I still feel something every oh. time somebody says something bad, which is normal, I think. Yeah. And, but it's just how you process it yeah. is, is that's the difference between like junior, senior and whatever. But I feel like now I just see so much praise of everybody and it just it just seems like you can get in it just seems like in the industry now it's it's large it's huge and you can basically find your group of people that believe in what you do and they'll praise you and then you never really step outside of that group and then you get used to getting praise and this is a larger I mean, this is a larger issue, right? It's not just with design, but that's like within every industry or with, within social media, et cetera. You basically get isolated and siloed within your group. And then once you get siloed within your group, you only consume content from that group, whether it be praising content or bad content, but you definitely always agree with that content that you see. It's like reverting yourself back to your college days and your yeah. old habits. Well, I think it's, it's even more than that. It's reverting yourself just back to your parents who are just going to praise you. It's reverting yourself back to that. And then you become cold and closed-minded towards to any other sort of like radical Because thought. basically you're just like, a thousand people said this is good, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. That's to me what has happened mm -hmm. a lot. And again, it's like by no fault of each individual. To me, it's the fault of how we've built these communities and how fast social networks have begun to, how, how fast social networks have grown. Right? Like we're not used to being able to say like, I only want to hear this. Like outside of social media, we can't isolate ourselves from people who are going to challenge us. We're going to come in contact with somebody who challenges us if we live in major cities. That's what's going to happen. Or you what, mean, I mean, what, you could live in Timbuktu. So the that's what, I mean, the internet. So that's what I'm saying. Basically, what happened is the internet, the internet's great. I'm not like bashing the internet. But like what social media has done is it has taken people who even live in these major hubs in these dense cities where they were always challenged or whatever and allowed them to live like they're in Timbuktu. Allowed them to consume information like they're in Timbuktu. Allowed them to just be fed by things that they believe in that don't challenge them. And then isolate anything that does challenge them because they have a group of a thousand or more people that completely support what they support. Which is, again, this is like, it's good for some people. It's good in theory because you have people who are like depressed and sad and they need, <laughs> well, I'm saying like, this is not design. I'm saying like you have people who are depressed and sad and they need that support. But then when it's applied to these industries, then it becomes 
it becomes dangerous. It becomes a cancer where now I, it's hard for me to take feedback because a thousand people said it's good and you're the only person who's saying it's bad. What's wrong with you? And there's this weird, there's this weird mom mentality that happens. Yeah. And I don't fully understand it, but it, I've seen a lot of undesirable things. But it seems like if, if a few people get on board, I mean, it, it could be like on Instagram, it's just like this photo, but it doesn't make any sense. And then because of the following and whatever, like a few people like it and it just like catches like wildfire. I feel like clouds are developed around those designers that are few and far between where you get like those uber talented designers with good perspective that actually do know how to design. They get support and they get clout. And by those that probably are just seeking like that like spotlight and that's how those little pockets grow and grow and grow and grow. Um, and people think they'll get noticed. Sense. If they leave a positive comment, they probably believe that they'll get noticed and maybe get a job. Yeah, well, or like feel associated to that pocket. Yeah. If you look at on like Behance on some of our projects or on like projects that are getting really popular, you actually see a lot of people saying like, this is a great project, good job, check out my portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. And so you see a lot of people basically like fishing. Yeah, fishing. For uh, self-promotion. Self-promotion. Yeah with the positive thing. I mean, and that'd be really interesting to see is like, hey, improve X, Y, Z, check on my portfolio. I've never seen that. Yeah, yeah. I haven't either. Which I feel like would get you more looks. At this point in time. Yeah, because it's challenging the person and they would actually stop and see. Yeah. They would stop yeah. and look. Yeah. Cause and I remember like, like when, I, when I was first posting all my stuff, I just scrolled through to look for, even though I always wanted the harshest feedback, I realized I fell into this trap of like, mm -hmm. I just want to see good shit. I just want to see people saying like really good things about me it on social good. media. It feels it's, good. It, but then I realized I was like, it's, it's not necessarily like I then started just using these platforms. It fuels your ego, but not your skill set. Yeah. I started just using these platforms as promotion as opposed to using them for feedback. Right. And that's probably the transition that the whole thing has had anyway. Like there's no more work in progress stuff. It's all just yeah. promotion. Like here's my final piece. That's it. Love it. Students who are listening, like what could they take away that can just help them with this idea of feedback and getting feedback and taking feedback? I think we came up with a couple of them. One of them is being conscious of those, those pockets of ego stroking and being aware of them and knowing that they're there. And you, you brought up a good point in regards to uh, Satisfying an ego versus satisfying a skill set. I think I think designers, good designers, should be focused on on one and not the other. Um, another one would be to arm yourself with um, knowledge on technicalities, so you can properly defend yourself. Um, and a lot of that stuff comes in time too, um, from my personal experience. But for students, I think you touched on probably the biggest one identify where those pockets are. Yes, you can get praise, but then separate yourself from that praise. Mm -hmm. And then look for things that are going to challenge you. And that's with anything. You just always want to look for things that are going to challenge you because that's where that's how you're going to grow. And as a young designer, you need to grow. Yeah. And it's it's hard like separating yourself personally from your work in design, not art, in design is it it's a weird kind of twisted skill set. 
And it just comes down to like tough love. Like the people that give you feedback are giving you feedback because they love you. Yeah. Like in one way or another. That's a very respectful like, gesture. Yeah. Yes. Because they're taking, like this is gonna sound maybe arrogant, but they're taking time out of their busy day to write you hopefully a well-crafted message, whether it's public or private, either way. Like they care about you and they're, they're like, hey, what about this, you know? Yeah, yeah. we should really look at it as the same as when we were kids, our parents wouldn't let us eat a bunch of candy. If we wanted to, we would have just kept eating candy, eating candy, eating candy. Our teeth would have fell out and we would not be good people. <laughs> we would have diabetes. We would have diabetes. Like, it would be bad. But they cared for us and they gave us tough love by taking away things that we wanted. And we went kicking and screaming. Yeah, and we went kicking and screaming, but it made us stronger. It made us better individuals. And that same thing should just be applied throughout life and especially as a designer because this is one field where I feel like you just don't see it happening. So this is Brand Beats. Thanks for listening. Take that feedback. <laughs>